Good morning, gentlemen. We're continuing part two of yesterday. We saw yesterday some very daring statements in the Torah that could only be made by a creator who runs the world. I want to share with you some other information on that topic. We have in the Torah a commandment that we don't have really today, even though some people try to fulfill it in a different kind of way. The Torah says, Shalosh pe'amim bashana, three times every year, Yerae kol zechurecha, all the males of Am Yisrael, Every man needs to check in, needs to be seen. Et pene ha'adon Adonai Elohei Yisrael. The Master, Hashem, wants to see you three times a year. Like, almost like going to the principal's office. You get called in three times a year. You have to travel to Yerushalayim. Every man. So again, three times a year, we're called to the Bet HaMikdash to see Hashem, to be seen by Hashem. Every holiday, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. Now this commandment is very shocking, actually. I mean, let's think about it. Imagine three times a year, not once, uh, every 50 years. And it's not like a surprise. We have schedules. We have a uh, holiday calendar. It's not come three times whenever you like. It's not like that. There's a set three times where everybody, every Jewish male has to go to the Beit HaMikdash. Now that presents somewhat of a problem, don't you think? But what problem could you think about? No. No better time than now to understand what problem would come with this issue. Could you imagine every man in Israel is in Yerushalayim? What happens to the borders? You know, we've been surrounded by enemies for thousands of years. It's not a, not a new thing. Could you imagine that the enemies get a message that the Jewish people three times a year on a specific time they all travel to the Beit HaMikdash Yerushalayim and they leave over the women and children obviously such a mitzvah presents a tremendous risk of security to the borders of the Jewish people. And you saw what happened a month ago when the borders are not so protected. It's a disaster. Could you imagine this happens three times a year? How, how, can, how can we fulfill such a commandment? The first question we're going to have is, who's going to protect us from our enemies? Comes the Torah and makes a daring promise. Again, the Torah doesn't always do this. 
But sometimes, like I mentioned yesterday, it's so obvious that you gotta, you, you know, you're thinking, how, how, what are you talking about? Did you forget something? Did we miss something? Are you talking about a time where the Jewish people will have no enemies and that's what you mean? Maybe someone will read it that way. Oh, this is probably talking in the times of Mashiach when there will be no enemies. So this way we can go to the Beit HaMikdash. Are you serious? Are you realistic? Comes the Pasuk and says, Ve'lo yahmod ish et arzecha. Imagine this. Hashem says, No person will desire your land. Ba'alotecha. When you go up, Lera'ot to be seen. Et pene Adonai Elohecha. To see, be seen by Hashem. Shalosh pe'amim bashana. There you go. Guaranteed. The other nations will not come to your land during this time. Maybe they'll come other times. But during the time when you are in the Beit HaMikdash and all the males left their homes, the obvious problem is being addressed. How is it being addressed? Says the Creator, I guarantee you, nobody will come and come into your borders during that time. That's quite a statement. Now you're talking about not just controlling the wheat and the barley. Now you're controlling the people. You're controlling the enemies. Hashem says, don't worry, they're not coming. It's unbelievable. Who would make such a ridiculous statement? Who can make such a daring statement? Right? This is not a mitzvah that happens every hundred years. We're talking about mitzvah that happens three times a year. And they go for weeks till they get there and they come back. It's not a short trip. They used to walk from the north to, 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 to Yerushalayim. It's, it's a trip. They stay there for some time until they get back. Unbelievable. Again, another clear, another clear source for Torah minashamayim. Torah, this could only be written by the creator of the world who controls the world, including our enemies. Our enemies have no hand if Hashem doesn't allow their hand to go forward. This is what you see in this basuk. So if you ever see more emunah in Torah min let me share with you a midrash. Now, <clears throat> we're going over to another mitzvah, a very well-known mitzvah. Torah says, Ubayom Hashemini Yemol Besar Orlato. The Brit Milah that we perform on a child, on a, on a, a young boy. Torah says, don't do when he's born. Don't do it after five days. Eight days. Don't delay. Day eight. Something special about the eighth day. Not only do we have to wait till the eighth day. But there's something very unique about the eighth day. Is that the eighth day milah pushes away Shabbat. Shabbat, you're not allowed to cut someone's skin. 
Milah on Shabbat is Hilul Shabbat. You're not allowed to do Milah on Shabbat. Cutting skin on Shabbat is one of the 39 Milachot. You're not allowed to cut skin on Shabbat. However, however, if the Milah is on day 8, not day 9, not day 10. If, you, if it's delayed, you lost it. But only the Milah on day 8 has the power to push Shabbat. Interesting. There's something special about the Milah of day 8. Doing it that day, it's so special that you push away Shabbat for it. Again, if you miss day 8, maybe he's not well, whatever it is. You have to delay till day 9, day 10, day 12. Then you have to wait till after Shabbat. But for the 8th day Milah, you push away Shabbat. Ubayom Hashemini Yemol Besar Orlato Hazal Say Afilu Beshabbat. So, hey, two questions. Why can we do it before the 8th day? And why is the 8th day Milah so powerful? Now, I don't claim here to give you the full depth of the subject, but certainly we could think about what possibilities there are. Clearly, Hashem has many reasons why He does whatever He does or whatever He tells us, but our job is to take something out of it, whatever we can. The Midrash says, there's a Midrash in Devarim. The Midrash says, Velama hatinok. Nimol lishmonayamim. How come a baby? This is Torah Shabal Peh. This is the oral Torah. How come a baby gets his milah eight days? Says the Midrash. Shenatan Hakadosh Baruchu Rahamim Alam. Hashem had compassion on this baby. Lehamtin law to wait for him. Ad He waited for him until he had his strength. Interesting. I'm not sure that we would have seen the difference between a one day old or an eight day old or a five day old. Doesn't seem to us that he got much stronger after eight days. But that's what the Midrash says. The Midrash, again, reading it, what does it mean he got more kawah? What, what, what is he doing more than before? Not really sure how we would look at it. We would see the same baby eight days later. But that's what the Midrash says. Hashem waited for him. Until it comes to him. His koah. What does that mean? Something unbelievable I want to share with you that I read some years ago. I don't have the article here, but I'll, I'll, I'll say over the information. Before I tell you the article, I want to tell you a little bit about the human blood. The blood, as you know, Pasuk says, Haddam huwa nafesh, which means that the blood of the person is the lifeline of the person. The blood is an amazing creation. It's like a river 
that runs through the body. I told you once, this river runs through blood vessels that have enough, if you put them next to each other, to go around the world two and a half times. That's how large, how, how many vessels, not large, how many vessels each human body has. It's a river that goes through thousands of miles. An amazing, an amazing uh, uh, creation. The blood is made up of 45% of red blood cells. How many red blood cells does an average human have? 25 trillion inside the body. That's only 45% of the blood. 25 trillion red blood cells. Each blood cell, each one, has in it protein called hemoglobin. This protein, how many hemoglobins are in one, one cell? 270 million. In one cell, there are 270 million of these proteins in one cell. Each protein is made up of 10,000 atoms. You understand what's going on? And there are 25 trillion of these. And their life, their life cycle, four months. The body is constantly renewing our red blood cells. Something unbelievable. And that's only 45% of the blood. Amazing, huh? Now, what should happen if Lo'alenu, a person, gets a cut? In this river that's flowing, a person gets a cut. What should happen? The blood should leave. And at some point, God forbid, he runs out of blood. That's what should happen. When you make a hole in the pipe, the pipe leaks. When the pipe leaks, so all the blood goes. The stream that's flowing. Comes a tremendous creation of the... By the way, some people have a disease where they can't... They don't have, they don't have a blood. They can't clot. Right? Is a fancy word for it. Huh? No, when, 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 when it gets... When, no, no, no. Coagulation. There you go. Coagulation. There is a system that when there is an exposure of the skin or the blood that's coming out, comes in from the body. It's produced through, through something called vitamin K, which produces a certain type of, uh, of element. I don't know exactly what it is. It's not important for us. But the body produces, vitamin K produces certain elements that allow for blood clotting and to close up this cut so that a person will continue the flow of the bloodstream. Everybody who ever got a cut sees the, creation, the creator right on, right on his hands 
on his arms, on his legs. It's unbelievable. The, the blood's coming out. All of a sudden, something comes. A shaliyah of Hashem comes and closes up the area until it heals. If not for that, God forbid, a person would bleed to death. Even the smallest cut, one could lead to bleeding. Good. Now, I read something. I have it, I think, somewhere. I, I can't find it now. They had a study that showed that this vitamin K was very, very low, if not absent. I don't remember exactly. For the first five days of a human's life. And because of that, this uh, journal, it's a medical journal, was saying you have to be very, very careful the first five days that there shouldn't be any kind of cuts because it could be very dangerous. Because you don't have the ability to do everything that we just spoke about. When does it start developing? Day six, day seven. When does it hit the normal of an average human enough vitamin K that's going to give the ability to heal the, the right way? Yes? That word again? To coagulate. Day eight. But wait, something special about day eight. They found not only day eight is becoming 100%, it's the only day that is the highest number. It goes over 100%. And from then on, it goes down for the normal person for the rest of their life. Day eight, they have more. They have a child has on day eight more. I have the name of it. I don't even know how to say it. It's called prothrombin. That's the, that, whatever that item is. Has more than 100%. Meaning more than what that person normally has. It goes up on the 8th. Again, before day 8, it's too low. And after day 8, it's normal. So this could explain the Midrash. The Midrash says that Hashem is waiting. Until this kawah comes. Which kawah? The kawah of healing. And may maybe we can understand why day 8 pushes Shabbat. Because day 8 is not like day 9, day 10, day 11, day 12. Because day 8 you have more extra. Once you miss day 8, then there's no reason to mahalal Shabbat. Just wait. Wait till day 9, till day 10, till day 11. But day 8 is a window of opportunity that you don't want to miss. Unbelievable. That's the commandment of the Torah. Of course, we do it for thousands of years. We don't ask questions. We don't need to ask questions. We don't need these explanations to explain things. That's not what I'm coming to tell you. What I'm coming to tell you is you see the awesome divine origin of the Torah. Who would have been able to locate such a thing? Who would have been able to Unbelievable. By Yom Hashemini, Yemol Besar Olato. Give you one more for today and then you go. It says, Tanura Banan. The Braita says, Pamahat. One time, Nitkasheru Shamaim Bavim. 
Now, as you know, today, today is Rosh Chodesh. But today we have a set calendar. When Am Yisrael went to exile, they no longer could do Rosh Chodesh the way it's supposed to be done. The way it's supposed to be done. Every month, witnesses come see what looks like the, the moon coming out. Because the way the moon works is in the middle of the month, it's full. So it gets smaller. By the end of the month, you don't see it anymore. And then the new month, it starts to appear again. And starts to get larger and larger. Of course, the moon's not getting larger. It means from our viewpoint, we're only able to see a piece of it. And then, again, to the middle, that's, that's why we say, Berkata Levana, only when it's still growing. Only in the Hidush. That's why when it, when it gets to the full amount... It's no longer the time to say Berkata Levana. So we wait day seven, even day three. But after the reaches the full moon, it's no longer renewing itself, not mithadesh. And therefore we don't say the Beracha and the Levana. So the way they used to proclaim Rosh Chodesh, there was no calendar. Every month is on its own. They would wait for witnesses who looked up and saw the beginning of the moon that's coming up. And they would come to the Bedin. They would come to the court. And they would see their testimony. They would interrogate them, ask them, make sure they saw something that was real. There's a, there's a whole chokhmah. Hazal tell us that Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu the secrets of the, the sun and the moon and the operation, the way it works. So they have all kinds of questions to make sure, you know, where did you see it? Where was it? What kind of shape was it? They have all chokhmah to understand, to see if you really saw the moon or you saw, who knows what you saw? Maybe you saw a meteor. Maybe, maybe you were dreaming. So anyway, they come in, they ask them questions. If they verify them, they decide today is Rosh Chodesh. Good, so far? That's why, by the way, that's why by Arbit. Someone told me today they missed Ya'aleve Yavo and Shahrit. Ya'aleve Yavo is the prayer where we add Rosh Chodesh to our Amidah. What's the halacha if you forgot to say Ya'aleve Yavo? You have to go back and pray. But not Arbit. Arbit last night, also he's supposed to say Ya'aleve Yavo. But if you don't say Ya'aleve Yavo and Arbit, you don't go back. Why? Because the Beddin never operates at night. The Beddin operates only in the daytime. So they never decided Rosh Chodesh at night. So today, because we have a calendar, we know it's going to be Rosh Chodesh. So we start saying Ya'alev Yavo from Arbit. But in those days, they never said Ya'alev Yavo in Arbit because they don't know if it's going to be tomorrow Rosh Chodesh. You understand? Huh? Good. So therefore, 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 if we miss in Arbit, right? Oh, Arbit only. If you miss in Arbit, yes, then you do not go back. Because in those times, they didn't have it anyway, so we don't go back. But you miss it Shahrit, you miss it Minha, you have to go back. Good. Now, that's the way they did it. They wait for Aydin, for witnesses to come. 
The Gemara says that one time it was cloudy and it looked they saw, witnesses saw what seemed like the image of a new moon. When did they see this? On the 29th of the month. Usually, Rosh Hodesh is either on the 30th and sometimes on the 31st. The new month, either the 30th day or the 31st. They saw it on the 29th. Okay, again, one more time. Witnesses came in on the 29th, a cloudy day, and they saw, or they, at least they think they saw, they saw the new moon coming out. When people saw them coming to Bed-Din, these were fine people coming to Bed-Din to testify, they thought, okay, Rosh Hodesh. And Bed-Din was ready to hear their testimony and to sanctify the month. Everything going the way it's supposed to go. Amar lahem Rabban Gamliel. Listen to this. Unbelievable. Says Rabban Gamliel, one of the great sages in the history of our people. Says Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, Kach Mekublani, which means I have a tradition. Mibet Abi Abba, meaning from my grandpa all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu. I have a tradition. Like I told you, the secrets and the way the, 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 this system worked was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. So it was given over tradition from one to another. He said, I have a tradition from my grandpa. Which means the new moon will never happen, never. Less than, he gives the amount. I'm going to read it for you in Hebrew, but I'm going to explain to you in numbers that we can understand. I'm going to translate it into numbers. He says, Which means... Which means basically saying the moon's cycle, right? Right? Is 29 days, umehza, and a half, 29 and a half. And then he goes and he says, ushne shelishe sha'ave shiv'im halakim. Two thirds of an hour and 73 parts. He took an hour and made it. 1,086 parts. Too complicated for us to do numbers. I'm going to give you the bottom line. Here is the number. Are you ready for this number? The number is 1,080 parts. Excuse me. He split an, we split the hour in 60 minutes. 60 parts. He split it into 1,080 parts. And he says that the number is... Here's the number. 29... 29 days, 0.5305. That's the exact number that Abban Gamliel says. You know how long the moon cycle is? 20 29 days and a half, but not exactly a half, 0.5305. Exact time. One more time. 
Rabban Gamliel says, this is the exact number, the exact time that it takes for the moon to go once. 29.5305. Now, you have to know, this is, going, this is talking about 2,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Okay. Today, NASA, with all their satellites and all their technology, so recently they came to the number. How long exactly does the moon go one cycle? How long? They came out to the number. 29.5305. Yes. Actually, Rabban Gamliel says to the sixth decimal, 0.530594. They were off by six. They said 29.5305. Eight, eight. They, one, one day they'll get to it. They'll, they'll realize their mistake. How is it? How is it possible? It's impossible. Rabban Gamliel, without a telescope, without any technology, is telling you exactly Mekublani. I have a tradition. Where, where did you get this tradition? Moshe Rabbein, who got from Har Sinai, this is the way it works. You see, now Torah Shebikhtab, Torah Shebaalpeh, you see the tremendous divine origin of our Torah. 